This is an ABC podcast. Roots and Shoots. Gardening on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Oh, that intro doesn't at all reflect the vibe that's going on in this room because Sabrina Hahn is back for Roots and Shoots and I'm so happy you're here. You're with Christine Layton as well. How was the Chelsea Flower Show in the UK? Well, it was really, I mean, it's always an amazing spectacle spectacle mm. and there was this year there was only one Australian entrant um uh willy wildlife sculptures makes the most exquisite bronze bird baths and sculptures yeah uh but of course um one of the royals did a well so-called designed a garden for a kids outdoor play area yeah um but the thing that was so hilarious christine mm. was and it always brings the worst out in me was that um <laughs> the kids playground or? no 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 that was fun um was that the, the day we go is when it's just the members the royal horticultural society members mm. so it was Frightfully, frightfully. Proper. Oh, proper posh. Oh. Proper posh. Oh, there were accents and horsey people everywhere. So you fit uh, in is what you're telling me. <laughs> but the but the women get, you know, seriously dressed up. Do like our oh, frocks abounded. Oh. I even wore a frock. Did you? Yeah, you've got to be in florals. Um so the so they get all frocked up. But it's incredible because there's just grog everywhere. So they have <laughs> they have pims and gin yeah. and champagne about every you know fifteen paces. There's another gin van or a pims van or a. So you get the frightfully, frightfully, frightfully ladies slugging back <laughs> the, the pims or uncut. the gin. I, well, I was just astonished, but because they're English, you know, they're they're just terribly polite about it, and and the queues are the queues are huge. And if you're anywhere else where you get queues, that big people push and shove, and but no, not at Chelsea. Really? Oh no, no. Oh. They say I'm ter- terribly sorry. I'm terribly sorry. Did I did I bump you? <laughs> oh, I'm, please forgive me. It's like. Oh. Um, you painted quite the picture. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, you took some tours. You were telling yeah, yeah, us about yeah. the tours that you were going to take. How did they go? Oh, fantastic! Like the English gardens. So the so I did the English garden masterpieces. So all the really big top name, extraordinarily beautiful gardens. Um, and, and you know, you 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 don't even you're almost speechless when you walk into them because they're the English perennial border is just outstandingly beautiful Um, and very complex because they have different things that come at different seasons. So basically you've got these three levels of planting and, and, and meadows are a big thing. So there's huge concern in England about the drop in the number of insects and of course the gorgeous little hedgehogs rely on insects a lot. Oh no! As a food source. Yep. So I did go to Prince Charles's garden, of course. Mm. And Prince Charles does he also, have lots of insects in his garden? Because oh, you think he'd have a lot of everything. Oh, he has everything, darling. <laughs> everything. Um, so, so he's got this meadow garden, but primarily the the what you have a meadow garden for is to get insects to come back into the countryside. Right. Okay. Um, and, and of course, Prince Charles is very organic, like 100% organic, no GM. Um, and we met, you know, a couple of the gardeners there and they were just lovely. And Does the, he have the a huge superb. team? Does he have Oh, God, a, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Silly question there, but... <laughs> we, we, had, we had champagne. Oh, I must post a picture of myself. <laughs> but Charles wasn't there at the time. Were you over there when, when the royal baby was born? Uh were you, no. were you there for that? Uh, that happened just before you left. Little, yeah, it was Archie. just before yeah. I left because they named him Archie. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay. Big hello to Archie. But I, <laughs> I know met, another. I know another Archie. Thirteen hundred triple two seven twenty. Sabrina Hahn is back for roots and shoots. Uh, all the text lines zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty. Before we release the hounds, I, I must give a shout out to Gianni Ooh. Di Giovanni who 
uh, is in my job in Albany at the moment as the morning's presenter and uh, you, everybody answers the door in regional offices uh, and he answered the door to a beautiful box of persimmons oh, from Roy and Eric Mercer smell. in Denmark. Oh. And Gianni drove all the way from Albany up to mm. Perth and hand-delivered three for me oh. and they are just delicious. They're beautiful. Um, so, Don't they look... Thanks, guys. They just look good for you, don't they? Oh, they do. They taste delicious. See, you wouldn't worry about vitamin tablets. I listened to your program this morning. You just <laughs> eat a persimmon, you'd be fine. That's right. Let's kick off with Phil, who's in Dawesville. Good morning, Phil. Hi, hi Sabrina. Hey, you know, like, I like clean out my chips and I put lawn clippings in there, but now the French pennies dropping all the leaves. Can I put those in the compost number as well? You most certainly can, Phil. No worries whatsoever. What about the ones from the weeping mulberry? That's also dropping. Yep, any any dropped leaf, particularly any of the fruit trees, uh, is fantastic to put in the compost heap, Phil. You can go raking to your little heart's content <laughs> and put all those leaves in the compost heap. Thanks for that. I'll get into it. Okay, good man. Thanks, Phil. Uh, Greg is in Hyden. Hey, Greg. Hello. Did you get much rain? Uh, about five mil. Okay. Oh, well, that's better than nothing. I was wondering how I only got back last night, Greg, so I believe, well, I was looking at the weather and sometimes it was much warmer over here than what it was in England. Yeah, yeah, that's been cold. Yeah. Have you, has the rain got very far inland or not? Uh, we're surrounded by kilometres inland, so. Ah, fair way. It got lighter as it got in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, there might be more coming yeah, I hope so. What can we do for you, Greg? Um, uh, Brussels sprouts. I put them in in January. You know, throwing my meter high. Yeah. But I haven't seen many sprouts on them yet. <laughs> hey, um, have you? When did you start having your first cold nights? Uh, April. Oh. Right, okay. So, see, the thing about Brussels sprouts is they they actually need zero-degree temperatures or one um, yep. to form the little, the, the little sprouts on them because yep. unless you've, right. you've got a good sort of series. So hang in there. You may still get them. Right. So as soon as the temperatures drop, you'll get the, the little sprouts forming. Yeah, we've had the odd frost, but not too many. Yeah. And if that doesn't happen, Greg, you can actually use the leaves in a stir fry. Oh, oh right, yeah. <laughs> so not, not all will be lost. No. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Thanks Greg. Greg. 1300 Uh We've got Stuart on the line. Where are you from, Stuart? Hi, I'm from Corrine. Corrine. Ah, very good. What's your question for Sabrina? I have got a, oh, hello, Sabrina. I've got a problem with my mango tree. Yeah. Um, it's been hit by the strong wind. It's in a pot, in a, in a wooden pot. Yeah. It's breaking up quickly, and I've got to either repot it yeah. or, or try to put it into the ground. Yep. Um, and I don't, if I repot it, I'm going to cut out the roots from underneath it. Yeah. Um, where they go into the ground at the moment. They've gone through the pot into the ground. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, that, do you think that would actually kill it? That no. Would plant? No, no. It uh. won't kill it. It won't kill it, Stuart. Um, now, uh, I'd do it while we've got rain because okay. you want to do it before we get a really cold snap. So sure. where the roots have gone through the pot, just cut them off with a pair of secateurs. Sure, yep. Um, and then repot sort of as quickly as you possibly can. Sure, yep. Um, but it's definitely not going to kill the mango tree. You think it would be better trying to put it, uh, not repot it, but actually try to grow it uh, directly into the ground? I wouldn't put it into the ground at this time of the year, no. Stuart. It's too cold. You could certainly do it any time from October onwards. Sure. Might be an idea. You either leave yeah. it where it is until yeah. October or repot yeah. it with the thought that you're going to put it in the ground in October. Okay. Thank you very much for that. No worries, Thanks, Stuart. Stuart. 1300 Sabrina Hahn is back for roots and shoots. Lots of text coming in. Let's look at David from Collies. He said, dragon tree question. Once ah. the cut has sealed up, do you bury the trunk or just place on top and support until the roots take hold? No, you you bury it, but don't bury it too deep. And you will need to support it because those cactus are very wibbly-wobbly. 
Oh. They're heavy. They're heavy. They're like a wibbly wobbly stick, Chris. <laughs> They're a wibbly wobbly stick and they'll collapse and fall over. So you do need to stake them. Okay. Uh, Sabrina, this is from Maureen. Um, can you tell me what this creeper is but then didn't send a photo? Okay. Oh. Well, 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 that's we'll tricky, isn't it? That I mean, I'm good, but I don't know if I'm that good. We'll go to Gareth in Belcata yes. who has successfully sent a photo. And look, don't worry, I've done that, Maureen. Um, Sabrina, would you be able to give us some ideas on how to revive this little gem Magnolia, not oh. Mangolia, like not I a, said during our first Not show. a Mangolia. <laughs> Which has been looking pretty crook all summer. But now you know what a plane tree is, don't oh, yeah, you, Steen? do. Yeah, you got the plane tree yeah, sorted now. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Um, I would improve the soil around. So, but of course, no one can see this, but it's a it's kind of a scrappy looking specimen with pale leaves and it's sticky and not this doesn't look good looks a bit disinterested yeah so um i would get some compost and some uh manure and dig in around a bit of clay as well because uh, you're in balcata so you've got that hideous sandy soil uh slow release fertilizer give it a liquid feed on the leaves mulch around it and then do all the same again in spring. All right. There you go, Gareth. 1300-222-720. I've got your number one ticket holder on the line. Woohoo! Hey, Wombat! How are you, Wombat? Uh, I missed you, Wombat, but I tell you what, I had a... I had a... I had uh, talked to a, a hedgehog while I was there and I told him all about wombats over here. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been doing in my absence, wombat? Have you been behaving yourself? You know, me and down the rubbery dub. How are the trees hanging over your property? Remember you called a few weeks ago and said that you had issues? Yeah, I'll cut them back. I'll cut them back. Oh, there you go, Wombat. You've been kept busy. Have you got any veggies in this year, this winter? I've got, I've got tomatoes. I've got uh, capsicum. I've got uh, spinach. Oh, you could make yourself a, a little uh, Italian salad there, Wombat. Dinner at your house, Wombat. No, 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 no. <laughs> I the, the dog loves veggies, so we're all right. Oh, that's right. You've got your new beautiful dog. Yeah. You take him for walks all the time, Wombat? Three, three times a day. Oh, my oh, God. Wow, you are a good owner. I should bring my dog down to you. She's getting a bit porky, a bit like me, Wombat. No. Yeah, you come down and I'll take your dog and I'll take you for a walk too. That sounds <laughs> bloody fantastic, Wombat. Oh, you're a good I look man. forward to it. We missed you, Wombat. 1300 Let's go to Jenny from Eagle Bay. Hello, Jenny. Hello, how are you? Good. Yeah, good. Uh, just a little question about, is it okay to plant jasmine? I want it to sort of uh, trail around a courtyard. Yeah. Um, at the moment? Yeah. I, is that okay? Yeah, I absolutely. To... No no problem at all. Because Eagle Bay is, um, you know, you don't get frosts there, so that's fine. Okay, beautiful. Yep. And any advice on what to put around it or how which, to do the soil? Which jasmine is it, Jenny? I think it's going to be star jasmine. Oh, okay, so the Chinese star jasmine. Okay, you'll need to go and get yourself a bit of clay to mix right. in with the soil, some clay, some compost and cow poo. Okay, clay, compost and cow poo. So you make yourself up a little mix in the wheelbarrow like you're making a cake. Right. little, little chocolate cake. And um, put that in the bottom of the hole with some slow-release fertiliser and then you'll need to re-fertilise it again in September, Jenny. Okay. Beautiful. So clay, compost and cow food. Yep, yep. All right. Uh, makes a lovely cake. Thanks, Jenny. 1300 I know it's overcast here in Perth, but we're getting some shade on the text line for you, Sabrina. Ooh. Good one. Mock your English hosts. I hope someone over there was listening <laughs> and you're not invited back <laughs> to the Jessie Flower Show. It was, such a, it was such a good impression, though. You can barely be mad. And Maureen has got back to us. Um, she Ah, oh, she sent the picture. Yes. Oh, that's... Um... Because it's beautiful green leaves and bright pink flowers. The leaves are kind of... They're fleshy. That's a succulent. It's either Antigonon, which is the Mexican rose 
the Mexican rose climber or it's the... well, it's got leaves like a sedum, but the flower isn't sedum. What does she say about it? Um, just want? tell me what this creeper is. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, so it's either the Mexican rose climber and Tiganon is its is its botanical name, or it's worse still, it could be the one that's called Mila Minute, which is a mongrel tuberous climber that's extremely difficult to get rid of Um, but now I've seen that I will look that up for you and I'll tell you definitely what it is the leaves look too fleshy to be the Mexican rose climber okay Um, 1300 Stuart is in Pearsall hello Stuart hello Uh, hello Sabrina hello Stuart where the hell's Pearsall south Uh, near Hocking or Woodvale Oh, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. not south, sorry, right, as no. you were. Yeah. Is it this a is new, actually, this new... Question, this, sorry, go on, Sprint. Is it a new suburb? No, it's been around for about 15 years. Hmm. I've not heard of it, but oh. there you go, now I have. <laughs> Thanks, Stuart. No, okay, this actually question is related to a house that I own in Corrine, actually. I didn't want to be another Stuart from Corrine. That, another <laughs> from so I'm actually saying my, my, my house I live in at the moment. <laughs> yep. I have a question. My next door neighbour has the most beautiful avocado tree, and it's about four, four and a half metres tall. Yeah. And they're just making some extensions with their driveway, and it's going to have to be removed. Oh. Can I transplant it? Well, it's certainly worth having a crack at. Um, you've probably got a 50-50 chance, Stuart. So I reckon that's, I mean, it's going to go anyway. You may as well try it. Yeah. Um, now, what you need to do is cut a third off the top. Yep. And all around the sides. Dig as deep as you can and then replant it immediately. Right. So I have the whole... Are you going to put it in a pot or in the ground? I'm going to put it in the ground. Yeah. I'm putting it in the ground only just a few metres away. Oh, well, it might even find some of its old roots there somewhere and be quite happy. Okay, so... Trim a third of it off the top, yeah. um, take off a lot on the side yeah. to get as much as I can. Yeah, and then put it in the ground straight away. Make sure you water it. Oh, it's going to rain anyway. Um, but make sure the hole that you put it in is nice and moist, Stuart. Yep, yep. But you should, yeah, I reckon you've got 50-50 chance. 50-50? Yeah. yeah. It's just such a beautiful tree that um, I, I wanted to do my very yeah. best nail wanted to keep it as well. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's so thoughtful. Good luck with it, Stuart from Corrine. Let us know how you go. Thanks very much. (laughs) Thanks, Stuart. 1300 This from Joe, and um, I can't help but picture the little cups that doctors give you with the yellow lid when it comes to this question, but hi, ladies, can I put wormwee on natives, please? How does one collect wormwee? Well, you've got to chase after it, yeah, with those little tiny cups and wait for you give the worms lots of Don't mess lots with me. To drink. Being, is it really? <laughs> I'm so There's ignorant. No, <laughs> How do you do it? No, no. It, so when when worms eat food mm. um, that you put in the worm farm, they um, secrete. It's sort of like a combination of poo and wee all in the one thing. So you get the the worm castings, but within those castings of when they're they're chewing and secreting, there's actually quite a bit of liquid. So at the bottom of a worm farm, you have a little tap, and the liquid falls down through the layers, and you collect that. So it's not actually the worms weeing; it's just all the secretions from the worm. Thank you. Um, And now. You can use worm juice on absolutely anything and everything, but you must dilute it and it needs to be one to ten. So one part worm juice to ten parts water. And natives love it. All right, there you go, Joe. Uh, 1300 720. Robin is in Wellard. Hi, Robin. Hi, Justina, and welcome back. Ah, oh, thank you, Robin. Um, see, I've got some roses at the side here that seem to have developed a sort of like a... So someone's put a lacquer over the, the, older, the older leaves. Oh. And it's slightly, just slightly sticky, and I just... I wonder, what the heck's that? Has the, uh, the, you know, the handyman been around with us? <laughs> no, that can't be right. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that bad a gardener. Be, been, been oiling the leaves for you, Robin. That's a bit of a worry if that's, uh, you know, if he's got time to do that. Um, you know what that is? That is, uh, that's aphids. So 
but they've clearly gone or they've been eaten by ladybirds or something. So the shininess to the leaf is from the secretion of a sweet, sticky goo called honeydew. And it makes the seal, yeah, it makes the leaves look quite shiny. Mm, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So, so Robin, it's just aphids. Now, if you cannot see the aphids, it means that you don't need to worry about the problem. So, like, aphids have lots and lots of predators. So, there's ladybirds, there's wasps, there's um, little tiny insectivore birds, all sorts of things eat aphids. And there's my thumb and forefinger as well. And your thumb and forefinger, (laughs) absolutely. So, um, and at this time of the year, you know, as soon as we get some cold weather, Robin, they'll they'll all go anyway. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Yeah. so, um, and you'll be pruning your roses end of July anyway. Yeah. Um, Strip all the leaves off and... Pick up the leaves on the ground so you don't get disease, infection, like black spot, powdery mildew coming back. Right. Um, and then if you get the, if you don't spray, and you let the predators eat the aphids, you'll get the predators back. Oh, so you won't have to spray later on. Oh, fantastic! Oh, it's hey, a, thanks, Sabrina. Really appreciate it. My Good pleasure. All round. Thank you, Robin. Thirteen hundred triple two seven twenty. Let's jump to the text line quickly, Sabrina. I'm planting a couple of cousin it plants. Oh, yeah. uh, what should I put in the hole before dropping them in? So, for people who don't know what cousin it is, mm. it's a ground cover casuarina. So, it's a ground cover she oak. And it's the funkiest, punkiest looking thing. It's got very, very, very fine leaves. Yeah. And it grows in a mound, like a hairy, looks like just a hairy, hairy mound. Yeah. Um, and it, it, the mound will get up to about 20, 25 centimetres high. Um, and oh. and if you put a couple of little eyeballs in it, it looks like a shaggy head. Um, so it looks like Cousin It from the Munsters. It's the most amazingly tough plant, and I have them in my out in my front verge. Um, so, uh, what do you so put in the hole? okay, yeah. so they will need a bit of clay in the soil. So, a bit of clay, very small amount of compost, uh, slow release fertilizer, and that's it. That's all you need to do. They're, and over the winter, they should take off. They'll grow pretty well. This is uh, this was also asked last week, but keen to hear what you think. Mm. Barrier said, I keep getting random tomato trees popping up in my garden. Problem mm. is they have no fruit or flowers, but big clumps and buds that are all sticky. Can you help me? Okay, so the clumps and buds are sticky because of aphids. If you've got, like, tomato, the, the cherry tomatoes come up all the time. But unless you get warm days, like hot days, and you have warm nights, they won't produce fruit. Right. So because it's seed grown, you don't know what what they've crossed with and what they are. So if you're never getting fruit from them, keep ripping them out. Leave the ones that come up in, say, October, um, and they should produce fruit. Okay. Roots and Shoots on ABC Radio Perth and WA. <laughs> Sabrina Hahn uh, slapping her knee, clicking her fingers. 1300 Sue is in Esperance. Hello, Sue. Um, hi. Hi, Sabrina. Hello, Sue. Hey, Sue, when I was in England, I saw a big, big photo in... Um, it was a, a tourist, tourism place and they had the most beautiful picture of Esperance uh, and the beach in Esperance and a not, kangaroo. Not Lucky Bay. No, no, it wasn't it, Lucky Bay. No. It was actually in town. Oh, um, oh, well, I mean, right. the, the the town beach um, with a picture of a kangaroo right beside the water, which I think they must have dropped in. <laughs> Thoughts yes, on this, yes. Sue? I, I haven't I'm, seen too many kangaroos abounding in and out of the the beach. Swim, no. no, definitely not where I swim. No. Um, <laughs> just a quick question. Um, I'm helping um, one of the staff members at the police station uh, do a garden outside the police station yeah. um, and the courthouse, and we've been doing it on and off, making it look nice for about 12 months. And for Remembrance, Police Remembrance Day, which, if I recall, is about mid-September, yeah. we want we want the um, 
blue purple theme because I think that's the place colour. So oh, yes. Can you just clarify that if we plant some punnets of petunias in um, July, will they be flowering by then? Yeah, or? definitely. Definitely. Um, the great thing about Esperance is that you're not going to get frosts there. Well, not, no. not not in the town. Um, further inland, you know, you might do. But uh, so petunias, to, f- for them to be flourishing, uh, they need six weeks between six four, weeks. between four and six weeks to be really, yeah, yeah stunning. The thing is I would do, Sue, is before you put the seedlings in the ground, I would soak them in a bucket with a seaweed solution and water before you you plant them out. Yep. And then liquid, if you liquid fertilise them every fortnight, so the first flowers that come up, snip them off. You don't want those first flowers because you want it to bush out. Then if you liquid fertilise on a... to between two and three weekly basis, they will be Absolutely. splendid. Absolutely beautiful. We had Digby Grounds from Kings Park oh, in, yeah. not last week, the week before, and yep. he was talking about the native plant sale. Yeah. And apparently Mark Tuchek let slip on air that they're actually uh, making a, a blue-purple kangaroo Kangaroo paw, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And he he showed us a sneaky photo and it is spectacular, Sue. It is just gorgeous. That will be something we will... Because we, um, um, you know, we rely on either getting the plants... Well, Donated, or, yeah, 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 yeah. I do, and it just makes it nice. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's lovely. This is still a few years away. I should also say for oh, yeah, everyone yeah. who's getting very yeah. excited. But lovely what you're doing, Sue. Um, I hope that it, it all flowers for Police Remembrance Day, which is on the 29th of September. I was just looking it yes, up. So. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Yep. Thanks, Thanks for the call. Lovely. That would be fantastic, Sue. Okay, bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Sue. I remember when I was down for the the Ravensthorpe Wildflower Festival, it was the first time I went down and I couldn't, even though I lived just near Esperance, I couldn't remember how far Ravensthorpe was from Esperance. Yeah? So I... Four hours? It's a fair way. So... I said live on air, um, oh, you know, I'm in Ravensthorpe at such and such, but, um, you know, if I leave there at, I don't know, I think I said 7 o'clock, <laughs> I'll be, I'll be in the Esperance studio in an hour. <laughs> and then there was this barrage of calls. But um, a, a policeman from from the Esperance station yeah. rang in and oh. he said, he said well, the only thing I could offer you is if we get a police chopper in to get you there in that amount of time. <laughs> I'm glad that he didn't phone to say don't you speed because I'll get you. No, That's no, a no. much nicer phone call. Uh. Um, let's do a track and then we'll come to the calls. Um, um, a bit of something for Kate today. Ah, a little bit of something for Kate because that's a lovely name as well as Archie. That's right. This is Monsters on ABC Radio Perth. Give us a call. 1300 222 720. I was hanging upside down from the overpass Waiting to discover something about the world Paul Dempsey, the frontman, Monsters on ABC Radio Perth. It's 24 to 10. Uh, Sabrina Hahn is back for Roots and Shoots. I'd say give us a call, but all of the lines are taken. Ah, <laughs> we're back in town, teams. <laughs> we're back in town. Yeah. Let's go to Don, who's in the Pilbara and has been waiting patiently. Hello, Don. Good morning, ladies. Nice to listen to your program. Thank you. Ah, thank you. Um, Sabrina, you've answered my question uh, to an earlier caller regarding uh, the right time to in the roses. Um, yep. I often hear mixed messages about that. So, okay. end of July, that's what I heard you say. Yep. So, in the Pilbara, Don. No, no, it... I, I work up here. I'm sorry. I live down in Dubai. Oh, ah. okay. Yeah, end of July. Yeah, good. That's yep. lovely. That's... I, just, I, I stepped out of my car and I didn't want to miss the rest of your program. So oh, no. <laughs> so you question, oh, aren't you lovely? <laughs> yep. So, um, that's the best time, Don. Thank you, ladies. Righty-ho. No worries. Uh, Let's go to John, who's in Oakford. Hi, John. Uh, Good morning, ladies. Good morning, John. (laughs) How are we? 
Well, I'm I'm pretty good. I I flew in last night. Uh, and you're still here. I've had two hours sleep, but I see <laughs> I, I appear to be rocking on pretty well. Uh, I I nearly didn't make it actually because um, the crash on the freeway. No, no, oh. no. The plane not taking off at all because I was at Guernsey. And, of course, in, at Guernsey they were celebrating D-Day and they were having the big flyover, so they cancelled all the planes taking off. Oh. So I had to get from Guernsey to Gatwick Airport. The flights were cancelled to, to Gatwick, so I had to wait two hours to get the first available flight anywhere in England, so I managed to get to Southampton, yeah. then got a train and then a taxi from... <laughs> Oh my gosh! From the train to the Gatwick Airport, and just made the connecting flight to Dubai. But um, you would have thought they'd plan around an event like D Day, though. Yeah, but the problem is the plane. Well, that was the second flight that didn't take off from Guernsey. Mm. It appears to be, and uh, and John, I was there for the. Um, I was there during the D-Day celebration and, of course, Guernsey was completely occupied by the German forces during the Second World War. So having a surname like Hahn, being blonde-haired and blue-eyed, was a laugh, was a, laugh a minute. Oh. <laughs> Aren't you glad you asked how she was, John? <laughs> but apart from that, I'm doing well, John. I'm doing well. I'm so glad you still made it, though, just for the record. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Sabrina, what I was ringing for, I've got some a couple of young gum trees, uh, flowering gums, and uh, and got lumps on 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 a, quite a few of the leaves, yeah. and under, on on the up that's on the upper side, and underneath it's uh, it's just hollow. Yes, the, yes, yes. The lumps, you know. Yep. So there's not too much need to be concerned, John, because they're either galls. Or lerps. So um, a lot of the gum trees get galls in the younger leaves when the tree is quite small. So the Mm. actual insect has already done the damage and is no longer there or there's also a bacteria that causes that. So all you need to do is if if you want to be bothered, you can cut those leaves off and bag them, but it's generally never, ever a problem um, and it only attacks juvenile gum trees. Oh, right. So I, I really wouldn't worry about it. Right. All right. Thanks, Sabrina. Okay. I, loved your, I loved your impersonation of the upper crust. <laughs> <laughs> That's had mixed reviews on the text line, so good to, good to get a positive, John. <laughs> no, it was, it was very fitting. Thank, thank you, John. 1300 We've just lost all our British listeners. <laughs> Let's go to Gordon in Kelmscott. Hey, Gordon. Hello, hello. No, I've heard about the Rainer's trip. It's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what's happening with your pawpaw? The, one, the the trunks are around about two two metres, one six metres tall, coming off a main trunk of about diameter of half a metre or more, and about two-thirds of the way up, they're rotting off and just falling over. Right. Ah, oh, okay. So they're... Well, that's weird. Uh, now, it could be a bacterial rot, Gordon. You're going to have to cut it down... You're going to have to cut the tree down well below the rot Uh and put a bucket on it. I know it's a bad time to do it now, but if you don't do it, you're going to lose the trees. Oh, it's a self-sown one anyway. Oh, okay, all right. Anyway, so cut cut a good, you know, you'll need to come down 10 centimetres below the rot um, and then put just put a laundry bucket on top and then take it off again in spring. Okay. Yeah, the shoots it's shooting away below that one. Yep, that's good. Yep, that's good. But um, you just don't want to leave that rot in the in the in the, in the trunk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Righty ho. Thanks, Gordon. Thirteen hundred triple two seven twenty. We're getting lots of love for something for Kate on the text line. Excellent. Uh, from Rog. and I. I love Paul Dempsey. Personally. I know. No. Yeah. No. I know. Then. Um, you don't, His music. I don't know. You haven't. You don't hear much of Paul Dempsey anymore. I don't know why. Why is that? Not sure. Paul, if you're listening, thirteen. Come on, <laughs> pull your finger out, mate. <laughs> um, what were you pointing at on the text? Well, there's line? This, there's a picture of something that, quite frankly, looks like <laughs> wombat poo. <laughs> it does. But I'm. All right. Well, what the, text, the hell's that? Jody has said, "I have this 
Pretty Little Banks. Um, I would like to grow another one, but I can't get the seed pod open. I've smoked, soaked and left it in the car window, <laughs> but it will not open. Can you help me? That explains it because it does look like something my daughter would do after um, too much water. <laughs> or eating too much licorice. Mm. Is that a Banksia seed? No. He mm. said Banks in the text. Mm. What's the – click on the fruity thing. Oh, it is a Banksia. Oh, that's Banksia nivea. So it's beautiful yellow um, flowers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, you've got to set fire to it. Oh. Smoking, soaking, no good. Burning, burning. Either that or you put it in the oven. Uh, you'll need it in there for about four hours at 100 degrees. Okay. I think that might be. Or if you've got a little um, campfire outside... Chuck it on that. Very nice. Uh, uh, each, each show has a theme I've found. Oh. Sometimes you'll bring one thing up and it spurs questions ah, of another thing. Yes. And we had that with the lemon tree questions at the Manning Markets <laughs> outside broadcast, which I did nearly <laughs> broke you. And then last week um, somebody called up to say, how can I encourage uh, blue wrens into my garden? Oh, okay, yeah, and then yeah. we got to the discussion yeah. of not feeding them, etc. Yep. And we've certainly had the theme of aphids this morning. We, but, we do, we do. Yeah, Shane from Adderdale is adding to the pile. Hello, Shane. Hi, how are you doing, ladies? Good. Um, so the aphids have moved from our vegetable patch um, where we planted garlic yeah. and they've decided to migrate onto our pittosporum. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you were saying once it gets cold, they should go, but the problem is that all the leaders are covered by the aphids and we, um, we're planning on hedging it anyway. Okay. Um, so is that... Should we wait till it gets colder or do we do it now? Well, um, now, what you have to do, Shane, is you go out and you get yourself a magnifying glass. Okay, cool. Because what I want you to do is look at the aphids and see if there's any predatory ladybirds which will look quite different to the... They don't look like a... Ladybird larvae doesn't look anything like a ladybird. Okay. So it's sort of a segmented body. It looks more like a flattened um, slater than anything. Uh, uh-huh. uh, because if you've got if you've got ladybird larvae there, they're going to knock off all the aphids. Right. So if you can't see any predators, then you can spray those leader shoots with either pyrethrum yep. or eco oil. Yeah, just okay. So just to knock off the you know the the breeding the breeding pairs. Okay. Um, and yep. then yeah. yeah, and then okay. you shouldn't have I, to worry about it. And how do I encourage um, predatory organisms? Because there's a distinct lack of ladybirds and other stuff in our Okay. Garden. Uh, you've and got we to don't, put. We don't spray or do anything. Okay, cool bananas. What you need is you need more flowering plants that have daisy-like flowers. Ah, okay. So you know any of the daisy plants, things like yarrow, anything that has that umble daisy-like. Uh, flower will attract the predatory insects, and of course, they need a food source. So you've got to have you've got to have them. Um, you've got to give them food. That's why you don't spray too often. Only oh. when you've got. Um, a, so if you've got insects for them to eat, they will eat them. They'll stay. Thank you, Shane. Uh, give us a call. Did you see the ladybird bloom uh, in Southern California? Probably not because no. you've been in trans- no. transit yes. trying to catch every mode of transport. But there was a massive bloom that showed up on the oh radar. Oh, my God. Almost like a weather front. Yeah. And they said it was millions and millions of ladybirds. Let's have a look. The wow. bloom was believed to be more than 100 kilometres wide <gasps> and the insects were spread throughout the sky, flying up to 2,745 metres high. And observers said they could see little specks flying by. Imagine how much luck that would bring you. Wow. Oh, oh that's amazing. amazing. But, you know, what was really interesting um, in England was this, they, they are desperately concerned about the loss of insect life. Mm. And all along the hedgerows, because that's what I love about England, all the roads, there's hedgerows along all the roads and all the farming land, they've, they've planted hedgerows 
in, in between the fields because they want those insects coming back mm. because of course without the insects they've lost they've lost a lot of the birds and the big thing is is hedgehogs so they're losing you know the hedgehog pop oh my god we saw the most beautiful little baby hedgehog yeah. which a dog bought from the garden to its owner and just kind of <laughs> dropped it there. Um, Did but you there's, find its mum? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the mum was there. Oh, but gosh. there's a big push to have these corridors so that, you know, they still get voles and moles and hedgehogs and squirrels, the, the red squirrel, not the grey squirrel. Um, and it was... And it was really interesting. Every single garden we went to, they actually had sections of the garden which they left as meadow gardens purely and simply to get insects back mm. into the garden. Why Why in the UK are they disappearing? Is this a pesticides thing? Yeah. Pe- yeah. Well, pesticides and urbanisation. Yeah. Um, you know, the lack of, the lack of um, land that's left for for wildlife and for other species mm. that, that you know, that we used to have. We used to have these big tracts of forest and meadows and, and now we've got buildings. And there's, a, there's a, uh, an event that's happening, the Ludlow Tewitt Forest Restoration Group is planting 180 hectares of trees from the 17th of June. Uh, there's stuff happening locally to try and get mm. native animals and insects back. Yeah. Is that right? So what, what's this all about? Well, the Ludlow Forest, the uh, Ludlow uh, Chewett Forest used to be 30,000 hectares. Yeah. Now it's been reduced to 2,500. Wow. So from 30,000 to 2,500 hectares. And what has the impact been? Well, it's massive for yeah. all, the, all the insects, all the birds, all the reptiles that actually lived in that forest. And it's a combination of modernity, I suppose. So you've got, you know, the sand mining, you've got urbanisation, you've got roads going through, you've got uh, chewit death. They don't know why all the chewits are dying. So, mm. so the impact of, of climate as well... Um, and it's vitally important that the Chewett forests, you know, we get those Chewett trees back in. So, And they're looking for help from the public, is that right? So yeah. on Sunday the 23rd of June, they want people to get involved. Yep. Uh, they've also got 360 school kids and uh, those from correcti- correction services, corrective services helping out yeah, to plant which these is trees great. too. Yeah. So I think it's a really worthy thing if you're interested in helping to replant out Chewett trees. Just um, just Google the Ludlow Chewett Forest Restri- Restoration Group and um, you'll find out all about it. Roots and Shoots. Gardening on ABC Radio Perth and WA. It is 10 minutes to 10. I think we can sneak in quite a few more calls. Daryl from Armadale has worked very hard to get this call to us and has emailed a photo of his question. Hello, Daryl. Hey, you going? I've got one question first. Is it Bonitus, I say Bonitus um, kid, name those things, lerps and girls? <laughs> now, girls. Lerps oh, and girls. So Bonitus let his kid just go, what do you want to call these bugs, by the way, son? <laughs> I know. Isn't it hilarious name, lerps? Lerps. And with, are... the, with the bank, you said, you can stick that in the oven with the pork roast and put the temperature up, can't you? Yeah, 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 oh. absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Usage of things. No. Yeah. <laughs> Good contributions. You've earned your question now, Daryl. Um, the picture I sent you, I want to know what that weed may be. I spoke to you a few weeks ago, but I had trouble sending it through because I was driving at the time. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard sending pictures when you're driving, that's for sure. Yeah. Now, um, there's two things it can be, and until it flowers, we may not know what it is. So it's either a, a hibiscus. Yep. But the Rose of Sharon hibiscus. Is that good or bad? Well, I think they're beautiful. I think they're a lovely big shrub. Big shrub, though. Or it's a mallow, which you don't want, which has little purple flowers and it'll grow a mile a minute fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the kind of like a, a, wood, a woody weed. Um, so if you leave it in until it flowers, Daryl, um, if it turns out to be the Rose of Sharon or the the hibiscus, it has beautiful, big, blousy, double pink and white 
hibiscus flowers. Mm-hmm. If it's going to be the mallow, then it just has small purple flowers and it's a mongrel thing. It has a big taproot and, and uh, it'll self-seed all through your garden. You don't want it. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. If it's one or the other, I'll either move it to the, my parents' property and the sheep can eat it. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. Might be useful to something. Yeah, true. I'll true. have to move it regardless. Where it is is not a good place. Okay, it's just all I left right. it there because that's where it is. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Yep, no, well, dig it up and move it. And it's experimental take... right now. I mean, it could turn into something else. <laughs> I love experiments. <laughs> love it. Uh, thanks, Daryl. 1300 Sports Talk is coming up at 10 o'clock, by the way. Uh, they are going to talk about Ash Barty going Ooh, through yes. to the French Open final tonight and all the latest footy news as well. Uh, you can sneak a few calls in. Uh, who's next in line? Another Stuart, this time from Palmyra. Hi, Stuart. Hi, ladies. How are we? Yeah, good, good Stuart. Good. Just a quick one. Um, I've still got bananas on the tree. Um, yep. I've got them in a black, black bag. Yep. Um, the flower's still on them, but yep. I don't think they're really going to be doing much for a while. Should I cut them off? Or? Well, I t- definitely cut the flower off. Yep. Um, have they? Have well, the the bananas swollen up to a good size yet, or they're still? Yeah, they're not too bad. Just bear with me. I've got a little budding two-year-old gardener with me. Um, <laughs> yes, we love them at that age. Um, yeah, they're they're not a bad size. They almost look like lady fingers to a point. Oh, okay, all right. I think they're a decent size. Look at about maybe six inches, seven inches. Look, I'd leave it on there, Stuart. All right. Leave the bag That's on. Fine. Just cut the flower off, but leave them yep. on there. All right. We'll do that. Yeah. Won't we, mate? Shove a, um, yeah, good little fella. Shove a, um, oh, no, sometimes he's not. (laughs) (laughs) Later on, when they get to a bigger size, put an apple in there. Because the gas given off by apples will help the ripening process. Beautiful. We'll do that, won't we? (laughs) <laughs> All right. Thank you, ladies. No worries. Okay. <laughs> nice little yes there. Um, on the text line, JJ from Cooler Cup has said, is there anything that eats those pesky black millipedes? Are we talking no. about Portuguese millipedes? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got one in Nothing. Oh, nothing. I had a, um, nothing will eat them. Uh, what's it called when you you have like a Mustache? little... Mustache? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'd let That's you know. That's my fault. I'd I'm not doing very good signals. I had a, a, um, a thing to wear after my braces, so my uh, teeth didn't yes, move. yes, yes. And one crawled up through the hole, <gasps> the breathing hole, into my tray, oh. and I put it up oh. onto my top row of teeth, oh. and I felt the crunch of a Portuguese millipede. Oh, that's disgusting. And it tasted... Oh, they're foul. Can't say on air. Yeah. <laughs> And that's why nothing eats them. That's right. Nothing eats them. Yeah. Hey, listen, I just got it. Mm. I just, I got just that Penny uh, text in because she said my comments were very unsavoury about mocking the um, the English accent. Um, if you could hear how the English mock our accent, Penny, and it was all <laughs> said in jest, and I certainly wasn't. Um, Encouraging divisiveness. No, no, and I wasn't being um, discourteous to the way they apologise. I think it's wonderful. They apologise for everything. When they have a sign, if there's a sign, the sign where it says, you know, you can't no enter or you can't come in, it says, the first words it says, we're sorry. Oh. Do not enter this area. So, you know, they're so frightfully polite. Mm. It's lovely. Mm. Point well made. Um, five minutes to ten. Vanessa is with us. Vanessa, where are you from? Uh, from Calgaran as well. Calgaran, wonderful. Tell us what's happening. Oh. Um, I understand your dilemma getting out from Guernsey. I lived there for six months. Ah. Oh. <laughs> that it was the most revolting boat ride I've ever had in my life. 800 people vomiting. Oh. <laughs> wow, that'd make you want to get out of Guernsey. Yeah, wow. Well. The, the, wa- the water's pretty treacherous there because of the undertow. And then, they have, and then they have the fog. So the planes can't take off in the fog. The catamaran can't take off because of the the swell or the wind or whatever. It's a tough place to get out of, Vanessa. <laughs> I think that's why the Germans were there for five years. They couldn't actually figure out how to get off the island. Oh, well, the swell on the catamaran, the 
Oh, we're, oh, yeah. we're losing you, oh, Vanessa. We are too. It's um, breaking look, up. Thankfully, our, our producer got your question. Frangipani hasn't flowered since they bought it. What what could it be? Um, that, that, line, that line was quite a bad one. Yeah. Look, sometimes, depending on the weather, um, they're, they're going to take a few years. They need a really hot position and you've got to st- cut the water off. You've got to stress them and then they flower. Uh, all right. Uh, let's go to Louise in Clarkson. Good morning, Louise. Good morning and welcome back, Sabrina. Ah, thank you, Louise. Yeah, I was just wondering if you had a recipe for a dog repellent. Um, I've got a couple of little dogs and they used to just go to the loo on the lawn out the back, but they had a big dog visiting them and he's taught them to go on the pavers. So. Ah, <laughs> all right. Um, well, uh, there is nothing that I know of that repels dogs apart from... I do know if, they, if they're digging holes, you put their poo in the hole. Ah, and, no. <laughs> but, um, but in terms of... You've got to train the dogs when they're young to only poo in one particular spot yeah. in your garden. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, once they... they yeah, but honestly, Louise, I don't know of anything. Mm, you, I know that um, she doesn't do chickens. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and probably not dogs even though it's near a garden, but I did like that you took that anyway. Um, let's take one more call. Andrea is in Mandurie. You've got 30 seconds, no pressure. Hi, hi, Sabrina. Welcome back. Oh, Adia. Thank yes. you. Oh, Adia. My bad. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. I'll put my glasses back I on. I have a huge spatifylum that's variegated. Yeah. It's enormous. So I tried to dig out some of the pure white plants. That's yeah. small. Yep. But I was told that if it's not on the host plant... That has got green in it. Yeah, they will die because they need the chlorophyll to do the photosynthesis and all the rest of it. Yeah. Now that's partially true, Adia. Um, but with inside the bud in that leaf, there could be a green leaf that develops and forms. So I would still give it a crack. It's worth a try. All right. Thank you for all of your calls and texts. Thank you for catching planes, trains, automobiles. <laughs> Taxis, Ubers, the rest of it to get here to be back for Roots and Shoots. Oh, it's wonderful to be back. <laughs> it is. Uh, I'll catch you next weekend. You will indeed. Enjoy the rainy weather, everyone, for Perth at least. Have a good weekend. I'll see you next week. G'day, Barry Nichols here. Hi, Nadi Mitsopoulos with you. Christine Layton here. Hi, this is Jess Strutt. Hi, Jill O'Shaughnessy. Hi, Russell Wolf here. G'day, Jeff Hutchison. Nice to have you with us. ABC Radio Perth. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.